Things unabated. That's yeah. the new word, unabated. That's kind of too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger everyone and welcome on into the unabated podcast i hope you had a great thanksgiving guys and we're back now to talk more about what you want to hear the sharpest minds in gambling coming together here we've got none other than the captain himself captain jack the dog's name rufus peabody not coming to us from the dog house but living the high life in new york and the gym class hero peter jennings how was the gym today my friend it was great. Uh, a lot of snow here in Colorado. So getting to and from the gym wasn't ideal, but uh, yeah, it was, it was great to get a sweat in and, and ready to chat with you guys and, and work today. So it should be fun. Yeah, we have a great show coming up today. But first, guys, before we get into it, how was your Thanksgiving? Do anything special? Have a good time. Rufus, what about you in New York? Um, mine was nice. I was actually not in New York. I was in Northern Virginia with my family. So I had I ran a turkey trot with my brother and sister, actually, a five-mile race. We uh, we ran it together, all of us. Um, we tied, so that was nice. My sister has been uh, doing this running club in D.C., so she's gotten faster. So we actually all, we, it, was, it, was, it was nice for all of us. And we, we ran it like a little under 37 minutes, I think. Did Tom run it in my sloth onesie? He did not. Sadly. That's disappointing. He should have. If he's going to still have it, he's got to get the use out of it. Jack, how about you? Good. It was just uh, with family and that was a good time kind of get together. And Thanksgiving is always a very low pressure holiday. There's sports on. It's it's a fun time. Peter, what about you? Yeah, Thanksgiving's a, a great holiday here at the Jennings house. Uh, we hosted my family and Ashley's family. And uh, I have minimal responsibility since everyone knows it's a work day for me. So it was uh, it was fun to do all the football stuff and eat good food with family. Nice. Yeah, my family, we did a, we did really low-key Thanksgiving this year, which is a little par for the course for us, but it was literally just the four of us, my sister and my parents. Um, but we had a nice time. We went up to Lake Tahoe. Uh, didn't have turkey. I'm not a turkey guy. We had, we had We had a chicken instead because it didn't make sense to have the whole bird when it was just four of us. But I think the biggest part of my weekend was uh, definitely teaching my dad how to use the unabated props tool to try and get some edges on some prize picks plays that he had. He's been really fiending. I think I've created a monster by introducing him to it. That's a good use for that product. Definitely. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And guys, it was also a lot of fun watching some football and some football. We had the World Cup going on. Uh, Rufus, I know that you've had some World Cup bets. Peter, Jack, have you guys played anything at all? Uh, I know we have more games coming up this week. Nothing for me. No. Peter, nothing? Nothing for me. I'll be watching the U.S. today, but uh, no no bets at this point in time. Yeah, I'm excited I, I hate to, to say it, game. but I have an Iran position. I actually do as well in this game. I, because I, I was in a Calcutta where... I ran the bidding started at $15 and I just jokingly said 16 and nobody outbid me. So I actually do have a nice little position should the worst happen today. And I ran advances over us. I think, I mean, the line has moved pretty hard to the U S or it had as of early this morning. And there, I mean, there's quite a discrepancy in, in lines across books. I mean, I, I saw Chris had plus 330 on Iran earlier today, whereas like US books were like plus 290, plus 300. Pinnacle was like plus 310. So, I mean, there's, there, I, I feel like there's just, it, it may be the most publicly bet soccer game in the US in decades. 
Um, it's a geopolitical event. Like it, I feel like this is one of those opportunities where um, I can see like Square money driving that price. I, I don't know if it's going to be the most publicly bet uh, soccer game in the U.S. in the last week, given the fact that I think England might still hold the re- hold the record for uh, the most bets that we're going to take, even over this game. But we'll see. It's great to see some World Cup fever. I mean, this is this is the U.S. Wednesday advance. I mean, it's it's all on the line here. So I, I feel like this is. I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see. I, I just. To me, I just noticed the line steaming to the U.S. so hard, and I was like, it, "To me, it felt like that was, like there wasn't. I, I didn't think there were like fundamentals to sort of justify that." Um, I, honestly, I it's it's the complete reverse of the England game, where the line just kept steaming towards England, and I looked at it and I was like, I, "I know I've got red, white, and blue colored glasses on here, but USA plus one is the only play you can really make on this game right now." Well, right now, look, like, Chris, you can actually get a Ron plus three twenty. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I don't know how much to trust Nate Silver stuff, some, um, but he makes the U.S. only 37%, uh, 37.64% to win. And, you know, they're basically, what, I guess, minus 108 for the three-way line right now. So in minus half, minus a half a goal, basically it, it, it minus, um, 108. So yeah, to me, like that seems pretty, pretty far off and that's not where it started, um, you know, earlier. So yeah. And for the record, so when I was talking about USA plus one, I was talking about the, oh, I know, game, not, yeah, yeah. The, the price on that would be insane for this, but mm-hmm. it, it's the same principle as uh, trying to buy a golden Knights future here in Vegas. You, you're not going to get a fair price on it because you're going to be paying that hometown tax. And with, with the United States in this game, I feel like there's a serious home nation tax going on at the book. Well, Rufus, what about with pinnacle moving to plus uh, it looks like right now, plus 325 yeah obviously it's moved a lot but like i mean pinnacle seems like the source of truth uh for these markets how do you feel with with pinnacle being at plus 325 for sure great like there was a time like pinnacle had plus 310 and chris had plus 330 at the same moment which was like i was like when are you beating pinnacle by 20 cents on a market where pinnacle is taking a hundred thousand dollars right so uh, yes I, i i think pinnacle is but again i don't know how much i mean they're taking they're taking huge volume, but but you know I, we've talked about this in the past how there are certain events like the World Cup and the Super Bowl where there where square money can't actually drive line movement just because books are worried about their liability to some extent um, and they're booking to the action rather than uh, you know rather than to certain customers' action just because you just do have so much more square money than you normally do and and that and it just kind of dwarfs the the money coming from sharper betters so uh, i don't know if that's the case here um but i i'm i guess i'm kind of banking on it being that a little bit uh in terms of the iran positions i'm taking interesting i like that yeah i, I would normally not have you know i think in most events you just trust the the you know what you believe to be the sharpest book uh, in terms of where their line is or your model but in this situation, it does seem like there's just so much U.S. money that uh, even Pinnacle could be shaded given uh, potential liability. So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'd, if we had this on the unabated out screen, I could look at the line history here. It, um, it would be very interesting to look at. Yeah, we need to get. We, I, I've been saying it. We need to get soccer on the unabated odd screen soon, Jack. You can say it again in four years too. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is the next time the conversation will get brought up. But I, I mean, I, I'm completely with you looking at it from a qualitative standpoint. It's not like the U.S. has done a great job scoring goals so far in this tournament, just the one goal versus Wales. And we saw it in CONCACAF qualifier play for them as well. When they play teams that they know are going to bunker down like this, they struggle to break down that defense. They try to pass around it. They can't really find a creative way into the zone right now. And I'm worried about their ability to score the goals that they need to in this game. The only good thing is that I think it's going to be constant pressure. I don't think we're going to see too many Iranian counterattacks. And that's all I'm really looking at here. But you know what? By the time this episode airs, this game's going to be already over. And hopefully we are going to be into the next round here. Fingers crossed. I am incredibly nervous, but let's move on into our topic of the show today, guys. Today, we're talking about what you need to what 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 immediate steps you can take to become a better better. If you're somebody who is just starting out here, maybe you've been throwing down some money on games a little haphazardly, but you've decided, you know what? I'm tired of paying my bookie every week. I want to start winning. What are the immediate things that you should be doing? The first couple of steps, obviously, heading to unabated.com. Don't forget, take advantage of our Cyber Monday offer all week here and get 60% off an annual subscription when you sign up today. Jack, did I get that promo exactly right there? The verbiage yeah, is tricky. Close enough. All right, works for me. But other than heading to unabated.com, and we will plug some of those tools here in this segment, what are some of the first steps that people should be taking when they want to get serious about sports betting here? Rufus, you and I were having this conversation earlier, so I'll let you start off here. Oh, I want, I want Jack to start, actually. All right, Jack, it is. Uh, well, I, you know, the single sharpest thing you can do as a sports better is to line shop. So that's paramount above everything else, line shopping. Now, some of you who may be listening may say, oh, that's that's cool. I'm in a state. We've got 20 sports books. I'm good. Yes, you got it good. Some of you may be in a state that still hasn't legalized. You're dealing with offshore outs. You're dealing with local bookies, things like that. Getting outs is not quite as simple as just browsing to a website and signing up. And in those cases, yes, you do need to do a little bit more work. You need to do a little research because not all the offshore sites are built equally. Um, there's there's some that are re more reputable than others. And you need to be able to make on-deposit uh, accounts at each of these places that are reputable. And then you need to find some local outs, too. It's kind of a necessity. And... That's an area where maybe the unabated odds screen doesn't help you as much because maybe your local out, we don't have that on our odds screen and there's no comparable place listed. But you can then start to use the unabated tools to find the edges. And look, edges are all over the place in a sports book. Everything from alt lines to um, partial game derivatives to... Uh, alternate totals, uh, crop plays, obviously, a lot of different things. Futures bets are even advantageous uh, using our season simulator. Uh, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because I, I wanted to just give you one point, and that is to line shop and get as many outs as possible. Now, I, I want to bring, I don't really want to call it a counter to that point, but I want to I bring something that I feel like a, a lot of people just starting out might uh, think of or might go to there. If I'm a $20 better and I'm, I have all of my money in one sports book because it's just more convenient for me. I don't have to remember a bunch of passwords. I don't have to sign up for a bunch of accounts and I don't have a ton of money in my bankroll right now anyway. So it's just all in one place. 
and, and I'm betting maybe $20 a unit, let's say. I, I feel like a lot of people are going to default to, well, Jack, I mean, I'm betting, again, $20 a unit here. Is minus 105, minus 110 really going to kill me here? And the actual answer to that is it is, right? Yeah, this is a very low margin industry in both directions. So the sports book has a fairly small edge over you. And the even the sharpest bettors have a fairly small edge over the sports book. It's all about volume. It's all about being able to rinse and repeat this edge again and again against a sports book. And if you're betting into minus 110, when you have the ability to bet into minus 105, well, that changes the house edge from four and a half percent to less than half of that if you're betting into minus 105. And that's a very important aspect of being a not even being a sharp better, but being a recreational better who can possibly lose less. Because if you have a limited bankroll, uh, there's a very good chance you're just going to be out of the game eventually. You're going to bust out. But if you're able to make sure that you're betting into situations where you're theoretically going to lose less, that makes your bankroll more sustainable. It gives you more bullets in your gun. You can play longer. Uh, it makes your entertainment magnified in terms of the longevity that you have to enjoy this sports betting hobby that like you like to do recreationally. Uh, there's really no reason not to try to lose less. I don't know of anyone that, that anyone that likes to gamble because they like to lose. They like that feeling of loss, right? We, we gamble because we like to win. And we realize that sometimes the wins and losses are few and far between. Between, between the wins, there's a lot of losses in between. So if you can minimize the, the amount of losses you get until your next win uh, and the amount that you're going to lose, I think that's a net positive for everyone. I completely agree. And and it, it, it and it is the other reality that all of this is scalable. <laughs> it's not just if you're throwing down a thousand dollars on a on a bet that yeah, you're gonna want a line shot because that minus one ten versus minus minus one oh five difference, in addition to that edge, is skewing your payout much more than it is at twenty dollars. But it's these principles all come together no matter how much you are betting on any specific event on any game and that's why you want to be doing things like line shopping keeping those practices in mind regardless of what your bankroll type is because that five cent difference still does matter absolutely and it's just like any consumer you know if you're always looking when whenever you're shopping for anything if you're not shopping for the best price that's going to hurt you in the long run. Uh, you know, anybody that's ever said, you know, oh, I'd like to be rich. And they talk to somebody who is rich and they they say, well, how did you do it? You're going to find a lot of them did it by just saving a little money here and there and kind of ramping it up, ramping it up, growing uh, rich slowly. And, you know, that's kind of the secret to winning sports betting. Like when you finally get an edge, you just have to keep pounding it and growing it slowly. And before long, you'll feel like it's a bit of life-changing money to you. And, uh, you know, I, I can't promise that it will be life-changing money to everyone that gets into sports betting. All I'm saying is if you work hard at this, if you try and you have realistic expectations of how long it'll take you, eventually you'll get there. All right. Now, what's next on the list here? You're line shopping now, but that's not all there is to it. Rufus, what do you think? Um, And this is, I guess, what... Uh, Tom and I were talking about the other day, but I think you need to create a process and and track what you're doing. Um, I think it's it's the same as 
I mean, what's a good what's a good analog here? I mean, if you're trying, it's like creating a habit, right? Um, you build a system, a process, and you stick to that. And if you do that, um, you actually will have some data to evaluate to sort of see if your process is good. But if you do, you know, if if you know, you say, right now I'm going to just throw a bunch of money into this eight leg parlay to to chase my losses or this alternate point spread alternate total teaser or something like that. Um, that's just a very, very square, very, very negative EV bet. Um, you know, that that's gonna that can bring things down um big time. So so I think if you essentially design a system or a process based on using your 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 big brain, um your 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 I guess Daniel Kahneman would call it your system too. Um based on what you actually what, what you think is your best course of action and then you won't make those sort of impulsive decisions that I think can derail people. And what you're talking about there when you mentioned big brain versus small brain, it's the difference between your reflexive impulse, like you said, to throw everything in a parlay. It's like if you're losing big at blackjack, so you decide, you know what, I'm going to go take another 100 out of the ATM and throw it down on black on the roulette wheel to try and chase my losses back. Yeah, that's your, your, your process can be, this is my unit size. I'm not, if I, if I, if I'm up, I'm going to maybe increase it a bit. If I'm down, I'm going to decrease it. I'm not going to chase my losses. I'm not going to put it all into some parlay to try to get right back to even. And you also mentioned being able to track your results. Can that be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet? Is there a particular system or app that you recommend people using? Or can they even just download any old bet tracker like the one from Betting Pros or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it can be as simple as an Excel spreadsheet, a Google Sheet. There's a lot of different bet tracking um apps out there, I believe. Um, I personally have my own system. I use Google Sheets for it. It's, it works for me, but you can use whatever system you think works best for you. And if you set up a Google Sheet, is that as simple as like, what are the what are the things that people should be tracking the specific metrics? So I, I like, you know, how much what the bet is, I categorize it by bet type, so I can kind of do some sort of filtering later on and, and sort of analyze the results. Um, you know, what odds I bet it at. Uh, ideally, I would track what, if I have a model, I would track what my price was so I can sort of see what my edge was. And then, you know, obviously it's great to to be able to, to have uh, closing line value um, to track the, the what, what the closing line price was as well. Although that's that's something that I feel like, um, I think there's some bet, there's some some apps out there that will do that for you just because that that's a very tedious thing to do. But at at the very minimum, you want to have you want to have your results logged, um, so you can see how you're actually doing, and so you, that way you, it's you can't trick yourself. Exactly. Action, I, can... I was just going to plug the Action app real quick. Uh, you know, I, I used to work there. Um, proud of a lot of things that we built. Some of the stuff was was different, and certainly we have a different philosophy on on things at at Unabated uh, pertaining to to you know, some certain metrics and, and things we're looking at, but from a just tracking perspective and my favorite thing that we built there was the action app itself. And I think the bet tracking there is quite good. And I think bet stamp, bet stamp also, we should probably yep. plug them. They have, they have a, they have one where I believe they, they actually do CLV for you too, which is nice. That sounds pretty dang convenient. Peter, what do you think? Uh, we mentioned bet, we mentioned tracking your bets. We mentioned line shopping. What else do you think are just the immediate basic steps people should be taking? 
Yeah, I would have talked about line shopping as well as like the most critical thing. I always tell people it's, you know, not the right side. It's about getting the right price uh, when you're betting. Uh, in addition, I think discipline and patience is really important. The advantage that you have as a better is that, you know, you get to wait and you can pick off bets that you like. You know, the bookmakers obviously have an advantage in that they have VIG um, and they get to charge that, but they have to make markets for everything. So you don't have to bet. Uh, and you can wait till there's good opportunities. So I think a, a big pitfall for a lot of people is they bet, start losing, they start chasing, or they, you know, they're watching a game and they have to have something on the game and, you know, you know recognize what you're doing this for. Uh, if you're trying to make money, you know, be patient, be disciplined with your process. If you're trying to maximize, you know, entertainment value, sure, you can figure out ways to find like something that's maybe a little less negative EV if you're watching a game. But I think a big pitfall for most people is that patience and discipline. And just especially if you're trying to grind this out for a profit, like you have an advantage being able to wait uh, till there's an opportunity that's plus EV. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from back when I was working at VEASAN, other than the litany of amazing Brent Musburger quotes, was uh, from Vinny Maiulo, VEASAN Vinny over there. And he said on a show once, he said, look, behind the counter, we have to put up we have to put up odds on everything. The only advantage that the betters get is the fact that they can pass on any given game. They don't have to bet everything. And sometimes that's the best move that you can make. I always love that quote. 100%. I mean, I think that plus line shopping, like just those two things alone um, will turn a lot of people from big losers into break-even players and possibly even winning uh, given you know the opportunities that we have with all the different books. Of course, you need a lot of outs to make that possible. But uh, if you're in a good state like here in Colorado, that definitely can just make you a winning better uh, by being really patient and having a good process. All right. Now, Jack, I'm going to pivot back up to you here because my next question would be, okay, we're line shopping. We're tracking our bets. We're being disciplined. But at the end of the day, you still have to make a winning bet at some point there. Mm-hmm. How how is it that a better can start looking at it? Maybe if we're not we're not quite ready to be making models, we're not data scientists, we don't have that tool in the tool in the chamber just yet. But where how can people start going? Okay, I'm making more informed, I'm making more sound bets. Right. So one of the things that we advent for at Unabated is using a top down method. It used to be called steam chasing. Used to be called uh grabbing stale lines board cleaning whoever you want you however you want to term it it's it's basically this you have a source of truth and then you have an odd screen that shows you a wide variety of of live real-time lines from around the sports betting ecosystem you use your source of truth to spot when another sports book may have a line that's a little bit out of step uh maybe they're slow to move maybe they're just inefficient in their pricing and you use that. And what we've done at Unabated is we've kind of made it so you can almost literally sort by that. Um, if in our the unabated uh, odd screen, we have a hold column. And when there is a situation where there is a negative hold for the sports book, that means it's a positive hold for the player. And we highlight it in green. And you can sort by that hold column. So you can see all of the areas that right now there is a situation where uh you know there there could be an edge go ahead to like college basketball there's always some floating around in college basketball uh if you're watching the video here you can you can see it up, come up on the screen where it'll be uh you can sort by the hold column and it'll be highlighted in green and you can see which side of that line is the better 
the better price because we have a best line column where if there's an edge at a sports book, we highlight that in green. So for a lot of people, they just go to our odd screen every day and they just sort by the whole column. They look for the green highlights. And if they can, if they have an account there, they bet there. And that's why having so many accounts, having the ability to line shop, having all these outs is so paramount to winning is we're highlighting it in green. You find it, you go to the sports book, you make the bet, it's positive EV. And at that point, you know, your work is done. Uh, you just stack them all up and let the law of large numbers kind of do its work. And, you know, you'll you'll hopefully meet that as actual value, uh, not just expected value. Uh, and then the other thing you can do with unabated is you can quantify your edge even if you don't have uh, resources on the screen that tell you what the edge is. So, for instance, if we were to have a situation where the unabated line is X, we can go to the closing line value calculator and we can put in the unabated line as the closing line and put in whatever we're able to bet at another sports book as the uh, the your bet in our closing line value calculator. And it'll show you what your EV is for that situation, um, especially if you're using the no VIG price for the closing line, but you're using your the price you paid for the your bet line. Um, and it'll that's actually your EV for that situation. It's a very powerful tool. A lot of people have used it to help quantify what their edge is and then put that into their spreadsheets for tracking to see how their actual value matches up with their expected value. And so when it comes to having an edge, like, for example, last night, about maybe 20 minutes before game time in the Monday night football game between alleged football game between the Steelers and the Colts, um, I hopped onto the unabated odd screen. And I'm looking around and I see Circa moves to Colts minus one and a half. Everywhere else in the market has two and a half. And my edge on the Colts is showing negative on the odd screen. But my edge on the Steelers all of a sudden pops up to about 2% uh, based on the unabated line and based on the best line that I could get there. Is that big of enough? Uh, how big of an edge do you want to be looking for here before you go and make a bet like that? So that's really a personal decision. It's up to the person to decide. However, I'll throw these caveats out there. In sports betting, we can quantify our edge, but this isn't an absolute quantification. This isn't like card counting where there's 52 cards in the deck. So if I say I have this edge, that is the entire world of this edge is already encompassed in a 52-card deck. It's absolute edge. In sports betting, there's unknowns that we'll never know that they're going to be unknowns about. There's there's variance that comes into play in sports betting beyond what we can even measure. As a result, that's why we sometimes say, you know, you need a little bit more of a cushion in order to make this bet. Or we say that uh, instead of betting full Kelly, which means basically to bet your edge. So if you had a 2% edge, you'd say, oh, I'll bet 2% of my bankroll into this edge. Uh, you might want to use a, a quarter Kelly, which is basically divide that by four and say, well, I'm just going to bet 0.5% of my bankroll into this 2% edge because I do not know for exact certainty that I do have a 2% edge. Everything we do know points to a 2% edge, but there's always going to be unknowns. Um, and so that's one of the things we do when we come to sports betting is we have to kind of factor in things. But I still that still doesn't answer is a 2% edge big enough. You know, if you were to talk to a blackjack player, they'd probably sell their mother for a 2% edge because they're going to rinse and repeat that 100 times an hour in the course of a, a, you know, dealing the game in a casino. 
in sports betting, we have this one bet that will, you know, basically be the one bet for the next three hours for that game. And it's tougher to say that we have our exact edge. Um, personally, yes, I would bet a 2% edge, but I also am at a point where I have a big enough cushion in everything I do that this is just another, you know, this is just another instance of manifesting my edge. Um, if somebody was a little bit more protective of their bankroll and a little bit more uncertain of do they have an edge, then tell them, no, wait, you know, find something else. Don't don't hop on that 2% edge. And when you talk about Kelly, you're ta- uh, explain that a little bit, because I think that some bettors might not be aware of exactly what a great tool that can make. Uh, this was invented by John Kelly, who was a um, he was an engineer at Bell Labs back in the 1920s, and they were trying to solve an issue of uh, stre- signal to noise ratio in telegraph communications. John Kelly never made a bet in his life. Um, he, in fact, he died of a, a brain aneurysm about two years after he published this paper. He had no idea this ever got applied to sports betting or any type of investing even. Um, but the Kelly criterion basically says you bet your edge divided by the odds. So if we have a coin flip and we have a 10% edge on this theoretical coin flip, for some reason we have an edge, you would bet 10% of your bankroll. Now, if we had another bet where the odds are two to one, they pay off two to one, and our actual probability of winning also gives us a 10% edge, we would bet 10% divided by the two, so we would bet 5% of our bankroll. These are all very simple explanations of Kelly criteria, and you can go a lot deeper down this rabbit hole and find when you have multiple events that are correlated and all this stuff, the more complex uh, Kelly operation. But the, the gist of it is you just you're betting your edge divided by the odds. And as I mentioned, I don't advise people to, to bet full Kelly into sports betting. It's just too uncertain of your edge. So that's why we divide by four for quarter Kelly. You can divide by two. That's called half Kelly. Um, I'm sure there's you know other divisions you could make. And it's basically just fractional Kelly for your betting. And if you want to go and find a calculator for that, those are available on the Internet, right? Absolutely. One of the reasons we don't really have a bet sizing calculator at Unabated is because there's so many out there Um, and they're all kind of the same. So there's, you know, it's basically if you can't do that math in your head because, you know, you know, your edge, you know, your bankroll, um, you know, that's that's on you. (laughs) All right. Well, now let's get into our question of the show here, because it really does dovetail quite nicely into what we've been talking about here today about uh, where you want to go when you want to start being a sharper better when you start want to start improving your game and once you start improving your game a little bit you know you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be going hey you know what bankroll's looking a little good right now i've been having a i've been having a good time betting this way it's been working out for me maybe it's time that i increase things well our listener mailbag which you can get into if you are part of the unabated discord head on over to unabated.com sign up today our listener mailbag question comes from the wonderful Amber Gambling, who wants to know, she's getting a lot of encouragement, but this is all new to me, and she's never really done. Uh, all right. She wants to know how you know when to be upping your bet size. Her exact quote is, I have questions about getting ready to up my bet size. I'm getting a lot of encouragement, but this is all new to me, and I've never really done that. How did you finally decide that you were ready to bump up your bets? And don't just say Kelly math and bankroll, because even if the math is right, it, it can still be scary for some. 
No one wants to lose even a few bucks. Even if you can, it's the principal. Thank you. So thank you very much, Amber, for the question. But it comes down to at the end, how do you how how do you get to a point where you want to say, I'm ready to up my bankroll here, up, up my bet size? I'll I'll go first. Uh this again is is pretty much a personal question for yourself. It's not something that anyone can answer for you other than yourself because everything you read about talks about your your monetary bankroll. They don't talk about your emotional bankroll. And that's a very large component of being a better is you need to understand what your emotional bankroll is. Will losing a bet of x size cause you emotional pain? Will it cause you to not sleep that night? Will it cause you to uh, be in a bad mood for the next several days? Well, in that case, you're probably overbetting your emotional bankroll. And so Kelly stake sizing or flat betting or whatever doesn't really matter. It's, it's all about you're, you're, you're harming yourself by overbetting your emotional bankroll. You need to ease into this a little bit more. You need to either uh, learn how to lose a little better or learn how to win a little better so that you don't feel like you're on some kind of roller coaster. Um, and once you do get your emotional bankroll under control, you can then start to figure out how best to grow your bankroll. What are you comfortable with? Is, you know, quarter Kelly, is that a good pace for you? How often do you want to resize? Technically, Kelly betting is supposed to be resized after every single wager made. That's not practical. Uh, I've gone times where I resize my Kelly betting every week, every month, um, maybe just once a season. I've I've tried all different variations of it. Uh, I don't have the answer for you for that part. Maybe Rufus could quantify that better. But for the most part, I just want to caution people: like, if you feel that kind of that pang inside you that um, this this is uncomfortable for you, that's your emotional bankroll telling you that maybe you're overbetting. That is exactly why I no longer bet in casinos because uh, table games just require way too much more bankroll than I'm willing to lose in a given night. Rufus, what do you think here? Because this is really getting into, especially on the emotional bankroll side, I feel like we're heading right into your wheelhouse here with the master of Zen. I, wa I want to get your thoughts here. Um, I, I mean, I think I think Jack answered it well there. It's if you're if you're if you have a process, you're trying to be a winning better, you can quantify your edge, then Kelly Criterion would say, you know, you would would tell you basically when you should be upping it um, based on how it's based on winning and losing, basically. Um, but I do think I, 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 I mean, I completely agree with Jack that you have to consider the the human costs, the emotional costs and and your your happiness and what makes you happy. And that's. I mean, that's, for example, I will not do some things that are plus EV financially because I'll choose to maximize my life EV instead. I might not sit around and bet second halves one Saturday um, and instead go for a walk in the park or something. Um, that's an awful example, but um, actually something that was a decision I made earlier this year. So, um, Peter, do you want to add something? I, I also yeah. think that that makes perfect sense, though. I mean, like, even for me, like you said, there's probably an edge on betting I ran today, e even though I backed my way into having a slight position there. There's no, there's no way there, there's no way in hell I am going to be betting on that today because that would be going against the entrance that I want to be rooting in. It's it, when when the Orioles made the playoffs back in 2012 and 2014. I didn't run my baseball model on the Orioles playoff games because I didn't want to be, have to. I, I didn't want 
I didn't want to bet against them. I wasn't going to bet against them. And I didn't want to know that I would have had a bet against them if I would. So I didn't want to have any of that regret. So that's, yeah. And Peter, I think that dovetails perfectly into something that you preach on entertainment value. And at the end of the day, part of this is that you want to be entertained and you don't want to really be rooting against your own interest. If you already have a side, you're already invested in that to an extent. What do you think there? Yeah, I mean, I'll say the same thing as I did last week. I think the entertainment value is kind of the the biggest thing here. And that's why sports content is so valuable. And that's why betting, you know, is so additive. And I think it is the best entertainment that you can get, at least for me personally. Uh, I do have something I think that is very relevant and important for this that uh, has played out in my life. And I've watched it play out in others that I think is applicable to how you think about your bankroll and how you bet. Uh, your life overall is really important to kind of play into all this. Uh, I made a huge gamble when I was 23, right out of school, and basically was betting my bankroll aggressively, even more so than Kelly, because I knew, hey, if I go bust, I can go get a job. I don't have kids. I don't have a you know a situation where people are relying on me. I'm supporting myself, but I have a backup plan. So I think your overall life and how you think about your bankroll is really important. You know, if you're married and have kids and have people that are relying on you or even relying on your gambling income, you're going to have to think about your bankroll in a much different way than if you're, you know, right out of school or in a situation where maybe you have a great job and this is like, you know, a side hustle or a hobby where if you bust your bankroll, it's not going to really change your life. You can be much more aggressive. So really think about when you're setting aside your bankroll and how you're doing this, like think about the impact that it has on your overall life. And if it does start to eat into how you're feeling, and I've certainly dealt with this over the last decade, like you really should kind of scale things down. Um, I've, I've had times where, um, you know, I knew it was plus EV, but I was betting so much that it was like consuming me and I was really down and really up based on the results. And that's not a good way to live your life. So I think it's really important for people to think about, their bankroll and be objective in their process, but also think about their life and how betting relates to that. Um, and I think a big mistake that a lot of people make is not taking enough risk when they're young and when they don't have other people relying on them and then taking on too much risk when they're supporting a family uh, or have other aspects of their life where they need to be really thoughtful about their bankroll. And I think that also goes perfectly into the last point that we want to make here, which is guys, if you feel like you are in over your head, if you feel like this might be a problem, remember, it is okay to walk away. Uh, there are plenty of services that can help you out. Gamblers Anonymous, 1-800-GAMBLER, um, the litany of helplines for every state, which I wish I had memorized, but I do not have to give you out here. Uh, I'll throw those in the description in the bottom of this video so that you can have those at your disposal. If you feel like you need that, uh, there is absolutely help out, out there for any sort of gambling problem that you think you might have. And please, as Peter said, at the end of the day, this is supposed to be about entertainment. You might be able to take this and make it a profitable venture like the other people in this chat have been able to do. But if this is entertainment, don't let it ruin your life. There are, there are ways that you can get help. Gamblers Anonymous, once again, and I'll put every resource that I can find in the bottom of this video. But guys, yeah, I... I it's a 1-800-GAMBLER is now nationwide. It will redirect in whatever state you call it from to the local uh, hotline. It's a, a big improvement they've made in the past year to have that now be a nationwide number that redirects based on where you're calling from. 
Perfect. That is great information to know. Thank you again, Jack. And guys, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode. Once again, it has been a fantastic conversation. If you want to find the guys here, of course, you can find me on Twitter at TV at work. Find Captain Jack at CapJack2000, Peter Jennings at CSU Ram 88 and Rufus Peabody at Rufus Peabody. It's just that simple. Just remember the dog's name. And of course, head on over to Unabated Sports on Twitter at Unabated Sports, on Instagram at Unabated Sports. Give us the follow over there. Head to unabated.com today. Take advantage of our Cyber Monday sale. If you are listening to this week of publishing, it should still be going on for you. Get 60% off when you sign up for a new annual subscription to unabated.com today. Take advantage of the tools that we have to help you become a better, better, just like we've talked about here on this show. And if you've liked us, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Throw us that like on the video. Rate us on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Throw us that five-star rating and a review. It would greatly help us out. And in the meantime here, we'll see you guys all back here next week. Best of luck this weekend, everybody. And let's cash those tickets.